hello and welcome to this month's CSF podcast. As ever, aiming to keep you up to date with the latest information and data in the world of rheumatology. Well, today's podcast, I'm going to review two papers that investigate treatments for people with rheumatoid arthritis. And the first uh, paper comes from Philip Conaghan and his colleagues, and it evaluates the effectiveness um, of a, a Britain's tyrosine kinase inhibitor, BTK inhibitor, to treat people with rheumatoid arthritis who have an inadequate response to methotrexate. And in the second paper, uh, Vincenzo Venerito and his team assessed the recombinant zoster vaccine in rheumatoid arthritis patients treated with JAK inhibitors. So a brand new therapeutic approach and a really important clinical question. So hope you find them interesting. And as ever, to assess the, um, the slides in more detail, go along to cytokinesignaling.com. Cytokinesignaling, all one word, double L. Remember your spelling. Visit sidekindsignaling.com and it is a treasure trove of information. Okay, well, the first paper evaluates BMS 986142, a reversible Bruton's tyrosine kinase inhibitor for the treatment of rheumatoid arthritis, a phase two randomized double blind dose ranging placebo controlled adaptive design study. So, BTK, what is that? Well, it's a, it's a biologic target for the treatment of rheumatoid. Um, BTK is a tech tyrosine kinase. It's expressed by several immune cells, B cells, macrophages, and the like. And in neurine models of arthritis, BTK inhibitors have been effective. BMS 986142 is a BTK inhibitor that's promising efficacy in animal uh, models and did very well in healthy adult uh, early clinical trials. But this is the first time we've seen data in people with rheumatoid. There were no significant drug-drug interactions when co-administered with methotrexate, and thus far there have been no studies, um, particularly looking at the effect of BTK on MRI outcomes in rheumatoid arthritis. And the aim of this study was to compare the efficacy of BMS 986142 against placebo in moderate to severe RA patients with an inadequate response to methotrexate over the course of 12 weeks. Um, patients uh, were treated in four groups, one received placebo, and the other three groups received 100, 200, and 350 milligrams respectively of BMS 986142. Co-primary endpoints were ACR20 and ACR70 with secondary endpoints, including ACR50, CDI, SDI, and Boolean remission. Okay, what were the key results? Well, the patient demographics, look pretty good, well-balanced between treatment groups and do seem to be representative of population with moderate to severe rheumatoid, no big surprises. Each treatment group had at least 80% of patients who'd had an inadequate response to methotrexate. And overall, 247 patients were included in the study. 75 had placebo. Uh, the 100 milligram and 200 milligram groups both had 73 patients and the 350 mg group had 26 patients. The Gosh, well, why did that happen? You're asking. The 350 milligram group was discontinued at week four due to elevated liver enzymes and a lack of benefit when compared to placebo. The ACR20 and ACR70 co-primary endpoints were not met for 100 milligrams nor for 200 milligrams of BMS 986142. The differences versus placebo for ACR20, uh, 4.9 for 100 milligrams and 11.8 for 200 milligrams. Differences versus placebo for ACR70, uh, 0.1 for 100 milligrams and 5.6 for 200 milligrams. Uh, no major surprise, therefore, that secondary endpoints were not met. 
Uh, a few patients achieved DAS 28 CRP of less than 2.6 CDI remission, SDI remission, or Boolean remission. Postdoc analysis suggested that ACR20 responses were significantly higher in ACPA positive people treated with 200 milligrams, 56%, compared to placebo, 33%. But the key point here is that the primaries weren't met. So how do we go from here? Well, I, I think probably we're not going to go any further with BMS 986142. Uh, there was no evidence here of clinical benefit. And the absence, together with another study, suggests that we really need to better understand what VTK itself is contributing. Um, this, for me, raises questions about the utility of the animal models that have been used. I think the, the experiments were well performed. The clinical trial was well performed. Um, do we understand the best way to inhibit BTK? Should we be using reversible or irreversible inhibitors? Um, could there have been effects if we had looked longer than 12 weeks? Well, when you think about the efficacy and the mode of action of other kinase inhibitors, that doesn't feel plausible. Um, or was there sufficient distribution to inflammation sites? A whole lot of things that we now need to go in and think about. Um, now, I suppose there's a clue here that potentially we should go after ACPA-positive patients. That's certainly compatible with what BTK does. Uh, Britain's tyrosine kinase deficiency is, in fact, a, a disease that can lead to absent or low immunoglobulin production. So there's, there's some plausible link here between the way in which B cells function in this pathway, but I think a whole lot more needs to be understood. So uh, a good clinical trial, the answer was no, and that's okay. Sometimes the answer in clinical science is no, and we learn from that. Okay, the second paper, immunogenicity and safety of adjuvanted recombinant zoster vaccine in rheumatoid arthritis patients on anticellular biologic agents or JAK inhibitors. This is a prospective observational study. Uh, now, we know very well that JAK inhibitors are associated with increased risk of herpes zoster infection, particularly if we look at uh, patients with rheumatoid arthritis and other biologic DMARDs as a comparator. The adjuvanted recombinant zoster vaccine, RZV, recently became available wor worldwide. Um, it replaces a live vaccine, so that's why it's an interesting compound. Live vaccines are a problem for us, obviously, in people who are immunosuppressed. There is direct evidence of immunogenicity of this vaccine in those in JAK inhibitors or anticellular biologic DMARDs, but it's not of anything like the fidelity or quality that we need. So really, functionally, we don't understand what happens when this vaccine goes into patients. And the aim of this study was to assess RZB immunogenicity and safety in RA, people receiving JAK inhibitors or cell-directed biologic DMARDs, which we know impair the immune response. So patients were divided into three treatment groups, uh, continued throughout the study. The treatment groups were JAK inhibitors, biologic treatments, but also some healthy controls were included. Patients received two shots of RZV one month apart. Serum was collected baseline at the second shot and in the monthly follow-up for RA patients. Serum was collected from healthy patients at baseline and second shot. Patients were asked for the occurrence of swollen joints in the time interval between visits. Simple question, does the vaccine make your arthritis worse? Vaccinated patients were followed up for seven days to monitor possible adverse events following immunization. And the, the results, well, patient demographics seem to be representative of the, the general RA population. Of all RA patients and treatments, the following proportions were 32% anabotacep, 17% rituximab, 15% bogotinib, 13% baricitinib, 11% upadacitinib, and 9% give or take tofacitinib. 
all patient groups had similar anti-VSV IgG serum levels at baseline. At the one-month follow-up from the second RZV shot, so that's after they've had two exposures, anti-VZV IgG titers were stable in the biologic DMARDS group and significantly higher in the JAK inhibitor group compared to baseline. Only one patient did not achieve immunogenicity at the first injection. 81% of JAK inhibitor patients and 92% of biologic DMAR patients reported redness, swelling, and or skin thickening at the injection site. Short-term reactions were also reported in both patient groups. 25% of patients reported fatigue, 21% reported fever, and 21% reported headaches. So fatigue, fever, headaches, just things to look out for. No RA flares were recorded in any patient groups. The HAC disability index remained stable and no serious adverse events were recorded either. Okay, take home here, RZV immunogenicity is not impaired in rheumatoid patients receiving JAK inhibitors or cell-directed biologic DMARDs. You don't need to discontinue biologic DMARDs for an effective vaccine response. Note that this is vaccine response. That, that's different from clinical protection. Always got to bear that in mind. And RZV reactogenicity was frequent but mild. No RA flares were detected in a tight follow-up schedule. Well, if you want to look at the publications uploaded this month and access other podcasts and resources, head across to cytokinesigling.com. And as ever, thank you very much for your attention. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or frankly, wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to let us know what you think by leaving a review. Thanks ever so much. I hope this is helpful to you in your clinical practice, and I'll look forward to meeting you next time around. Bye for now.